It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football gurus. I got the hitman in the house. You guys can find him at pregame hitman. Dan Rivera is here. You guys can get him at Dan Rivera 228. And Chris, the mad journalist, is here. You guys can find him at mad journalist. You can get us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and continue our division focus here. We're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about the AFC North. We're going to run through all four teams. Uncle Dave has a team. He's going to go ahead and cover the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris has the Bengals. We have Jay Smooth. He's going to go ahead and cover the Ravens. And I got the Browns. Dan is going to go ahead and he's going to touch a little bit on Baker Mayfield. Hitman will go ahead. He'll touch on Lamar Jackson a little bit. So without further ado, I want to go ahead. I want to jump right in here with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Chris, this is your team. Their team total this season right now is at five and a half. We know they got Joe Burrow, number one pick. I think that will be a help. Not sure exactly how much, but I'm curious what your outlook is for your Cincinnati Bengals this season. Right, and I'm going to try to not be uh, so biased as a beloved Bungles fan over here. Haven't had too much to root for over these last uh, five to ten years, but it's all good. We have, finally have some optimism in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow coming in. Obviously, last year's first-round pick, Jonah Williams, is coming back off an injury. That should be a huge upgrade on the offensive line compared to what they had to deal with last year. And the talent is all around Joe Burrow to have a successful rookie season. I don't know how many wins that translates to, but – you, know, you have AJ Green coming back. He's looking like he's motivated and ready to play. We'll see. We'll see if health plays a factor there. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, one of the most uh, underrated receivers in the league coming out of the slot, could be a very reliable target, kind of in the mold of how Justin Jefferson was last year for Burrow at LSU. Uh, so I think the offensive pieces are there to have a solid season. The question is really on the defensive side of things, and they they made some signings over the off season. Uh, to maybe it, it, it takes them out of that kind of bottom tier, uh, that gutter of the NFL in terms of defense. So it, it's, a, it's a win total that I haven't bet personally. I, I tend to stay away from betting my own team when it comes to that type of stuff, but definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them get the six wins. Uh, it'd be hard to see them go to seven and nine, eight and eight and exceed that uh, just from where they're starting out right now. I mean, we're talking about a team that was lucky to win just a couple of games last year. So uh, I, lo- I love the potential for the Bengals. I think they could be competing for a division title in the next couple of years, sooner rather than later. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak one out against the Browns this year as well, which is a team I think is a little bit overrated. So uh, just all in all, a lot of optimism for the Bengals on offense. I think the defense might hold them back a little bit. Could, could make for some nice junk time, uh, garbage stat opportunities uh, for fantasy football and DFS, definitely when we're talking about Cincinnati here. Uh, uh, that's kind of my overall thoughts. I, I think they'll be – competitive in a lot of games i don't really see this as a team that's going to get blown out uh a lot compared to how they were last year they actually kept things close a lot last year especially in the first half of games um so, so i'm excited to see what mixing mixing can do in the backfield and just overall uh I, I think the number's kind of right where it is i don't know if we're seeing an edge one way or, or the other uh when it comes to that five and a half five and a half game season win total for cincinnati you know their schedule doesn't look all that daunting i think in the second half of the season after their bye week you know, they could go on a little bit of a run. Week 17, they do end up getting the Baltimore Ravens. Hitman, hey, I don't know if you looked at this Bengals team total this season. Is that something that you that you took a look at? Nothing I did over or, or under. It actually opened at six at DraftKings, which I was really considering betting, but it kind of it went away before I fired on it. Five and a half is about what I'm thinking. You know what? I would even maybe lean towards the over because I am high on Burrow. 
And I'm also high on their weapons. They are getting Jonah Williams back at left tackle, added some guys on defense. But the thing that's only going to make it maybe the slightest of leans is just the fact that you have a rookie quarterback in a pandemic year and you have a very inexperienced coach, a team that doesn't have much chemistry together. So I could see them maybe starting a little slow, maybe November, December. They start to pick it up a bit, but that's what's keeping me off making any overbet on them. I don't see any real particular tough stretch, you know, on their schedule. You know, they do have a couple of decent teams on there. They have the Eagles, they have the Ravens, they have the Steelers. But, I mean, if you go through and you look, I mean, there's a couple of Miami teams in there, Washington football team, New York Giants. Uh, they will play Houston, who we do expect, you know, to be down a little bit. They play Indy, Jacksonville, and as Chris had mentioned, Cleveland. I'll talk about the Browns here in a little bit. That's the team that I have. Uncle Dave, he's going to go ahead. He's going to cover the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their season win total will be nine. Uncle Dave, what are you thinking? Well, Sleepy, I'm optimistic. They were eight and eight last year, but their win total set at nine and a half. They were eight and eight with Mason Rudolph and, and Devin Hodges, who combined for 18 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. So, yeah, Ben's back. We, we know that. That's, that's common knowledge. Is he getting on in years? Well, yes. But in 2018, before he lost most of last year to injury, he threw for 5,000 yards and a career-best 34 TDs. While I do know he had a ton of attempts that year, his sack percentage was way, way down. In fact, his last three seasons have been by far his best in that category. So even if there's some regression due to age or time off, he's still far and away better than what they had under center as a 500 team last year. And last year they didn't have Connor for six games and Smith-Schuster for four games. So there's that. Defensively, they had the fifth-best scoring defense. They were third-best in yards per play, sixth-best in opponents' third downs. Those, those, are, those are good things. The only team to put up 30 on them was the Patriots, and that was game one in Foxborough. That was also before they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. This team averaged 2.4 takeaways a game, and even with 19 picks, they were sixth in turnover margin to the good. And, and Tomlin, you know, I, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves in a lot of circles. He came to Pittsburgh in 2007. He's never had a losing season, ever. I look at their schedule. Four of the first six games are at home. Two road games are at the Giants, at Tennessee. They got games with Jacksonville and Washington. They get the Browns and the Bengals at home once. So I'm not one to put huge stock in preseason strength of schedule because it's often incorrect by year's end. The Steelers do have the second easiest schedule. You know, I look at quarterbacks they'll face, Haskins, Minshew, Daniel Jones, I'm sorry to Dan Rivera, Burrow twice while well, I'm a little higher on Burrow than maybe a lot of people are. He is still a rookie. And while I do think he'll exceed expectations going against this talented defense and Keith Butler, a talented defensive coordinator, he may struggle. So not only do I like and gave out earlier their win total over, if this is a game I'm looking to fade them, and you're not probably going to swallow this or believe it, but November 22nd at Jacksonville, they're probably going to be favored by an astronomical amount, assuming Jacksonville does what we think they'll do. And I'm sure Pittsburgh will win that game, but cover is another story. I think they'll be favored by too many because they've got a Thursday game that week against the Ravens. So that is a bad spot for them. I like them to be beaten ATS that week. And in spite of that, I like their win total over. All right, solid stuff there from Uncle Dave with the Steelers. I do want to go ahead and get Edwin's opinion on Big Ben now. 
I thought this was a, was a was a terrible injury when it happened, and I didn't know if Big Ben would actually play. Now he injured his elbow. I'm not exactly sure what type of an elbow injury he had. I believe he had surgery. Am I right with that, Edwin? Yes, he did. He had surgery on his elbow, and it was uh, reported that it was a, uh, a Tommy John surgery, the surgery that most pitchers get, but it was not. It was actually called a primary repair surgery, where instead of replacing the tendon completely or the ligament completely with tendon, they just repaired what was left over from the injury itself after the ligament ruptured. The difference is the time frames. Tommy John is tried and true. We have great data behind the Tommy John. It's one of the most successful orthopedic surgeries out there. But the problem is that it takes, you know, about it could take up to 15 months for a quarterback to come back from it. The difference is that the primary repair doesn't take that long. The primary repair, they can be back within, you know, 10, 12 months or so. And that's essentially what you're seeing with Big Ben. So the surgeon looked at Big Ben likely and said, hey, listen, you got this surgery that's tried and true. It'll be okay. It'll be fine. You're probably never going to rupture it again. I can say that with 95% confidence because that's what the studies say. Uh, And we can do that. It'll take you longer to come back. You might not be back by the beginning of the season, or we can do this primary repair that'll get you back faster. It's not as tried and true. It's good enough, but the 95% confidence I can't add to it. And they probably decided on the primary repair because he'll get, he'll be back and a 38 year, year old quarterback wants to be back throwing the football as soon as possible. So he went through the rehab process, um, which is much different than the return to throwing process. So that's when you get strength and conditioning involved. Um, a lot of times the same PT can do that for players. And he went through the rehab where it was sort of just protect the surgery, um, let it, let the tissues heal, reduce inflammation, reduce pain. Then you sort of started loading the elbow. So you started loading around the, around the two month mark, the month, six week, two month mark, you start loading the elbow with active movements a little bit. And then you slowly, slowly increase that until they're ready to start throwing again. They start light throwing and they progress through the throwing program and the throwing program can actually last, you know, anywhere from six months to, to a year, the graded return to throwing program. So it's a long process. It's a long road. And now we have big Ben who seems to be ripping the football just fine. He's not as safe, quote unquote, safe as he would be if he had the Tommy John. But uh, the primary repair is a pretty good surgery in its own right um, up to this point. So I do want to ask you a question. This surrounds coronavirus, which I'm sure we'll probably end up talking about, you know, throughout this entire football season. But when it comes to, you know, the time off, at least the off season and then, you know, the lack of the training camp, the lack of the OTAs. Do you think that maybe the coronavirus break from football would actually, you know, help somebody like a Big Ben who obviously he had to go ahead and rehab. So do you think that the time away from football, that that, that coronavirus break will help, you know, many of these players that, that just finally got away from football and got to concentrate on their bodies a little bit more? It's a good question, right? And that, that would be intuition would say yes, but it's actually not the case. Um, maybe for Big Ben, he just was able to focus longer on the throwing program without having to worry about watching film and, you know, going to meetings and all that jazz. So maybe it could have helped somebody like him. Uh, but if anything, players that have been in a routine, who've been doing the same thing over and over again, who've been grinding, who've been, they know exactly when to stop their strength and conditioning and start ramping up football activities. Those veterans that have been doing this year in and year out, I think of somebody like Adrian Peterson, somebody like Larry Fitzgerald, those guys actually They might not even it might actually be a bad thing for them because we know based on the research uh, in load management is that when you have massive spikes or massive dips or just alterations in workload in general for athletes, you actually increase the chances of soft tissue injury by three to six, three to six times. So you need to essentially 
be extremely careful um, in managing that load, managing the their physical workload, and understanding that there might be an increase in in soft tissue injuries this year because we know that in 2011 there was a surge of about 38 percent more soft tissue injuries during the lockout season when there wasn't a camp and players couldn't go to the facilities. We're dealing with a very similar situation now. All right, great stuff there from Uncle Dave and the Doc. We got Jay Smooth. He's going to go ahead. He's going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Season win total for the Ravens is 11. Let's see what Jay Smooth has to go ahead and say about Baltimore this season. My breakdowns for the 2020 Ravens are they were one of the best teams last year, and they proved it by wrapping up the AFC North division as early as they did and the number one overall seed. They were also a league best 14-2 and straight up and 10-7 and against the spread with a margin of victory of plus 13.7, which ranked first in the league while exceeding expectations against the spread with a league best plus 8.1 point differential. And as we all know, the Ravens ended up losing their first playoff game last year, but I think it had more to do with not playing a meaningful game in nearly two months, plus the injury late in the season to Mark Ingram. This year's Ravens team comes back just as good as last year by adding one of the best interior defensive linemen in Calais Campbell, while also having one of the best drafts in the offseason. I think this team is poised to win another 14 games and a strong possibility to go undefeated during the regular season as they are one of the few teams I feel won't be negatively affected with limited practice time due to COVID-19 because they've been in Harbaugh's system for a few years now. All right, Jay Smooth, he seems to be a little bit of a backer here on Baltimore. I do want to talk to the hitman. I do want to talk to Chris a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Now, now I was kind of thinking that his rushing yards for the season you know, would probably be a good under bet. You, you have to imagine at some point that Lamar Jackson is going to, you know, get a little bit more settled as being a quarterback and used to throwing the ball. And he could throw, but I think the running is something that, you know, that over time, you know, teams, and especially throughout this offseason, you know, they got a hold of some video and it's like, all right, you know, when what's the tendency for him to run? And, you know, when when is it designed? So I, I have a feeling, you know, with watching the tape that, you know, he may be able to be slowed down this year. I think that there's going to be a little bit more of an emphasis on him actually throwing the ball. So I went ahead, and this was going back a few, few months ago on Straight Out of Vegas on Sunday night with Bernie Fratto, which you guys will be able to certainly hear on our podcast here sooner rather than later. I ended up going ahead. I took Jackson under. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it to the hitman. Hitman, Lamar Jackson under rush yards. Is that something that maybe you would look at this season, or how are you feeling overall about Jackson? Yeah, I liked it when it it was 1100. Most shops, I know a lot of the New Jersey shops, DraftKings, Fox Bet, they all opened it around 1100 based off of what he did last year. And you got to see that a lot of people were betting that down. And now it's in like about around 950 or so. So as much as I do think it's a good play, and I mean, forced lean, I would still go under 950. I think that the, the ship's kind of sailed now that it's already moved 150 yards from the opener. But your logic is right, just it's already moved from a few months ago. So it sounds like there's probably, you know, maybe maybe a small pizza bet, you know, if you really do go ahead and favor that one. I want to bring Chris in, though. I wanted to talk a little bit Lamar Jackson. Now, he doesn't necessarily have to touch on the rushing yards, but one of the guys that we, had, we didn't talk about on our fantasy football podcast when we covered the quarterbacks was Jackson. So I kind of just want to get a little perspective on what Chris is thinking 
you know, from a fantasy perspective, do we take him early? Is that somebody we look at in DFS? Is that somebody that might be so high priced that you know, maybe we just can't simply draft him? Or are there other options out there that we feel that will be equal? So, Chris, I'll let you go ahead and touch on Lamar Jackson for a second. Yeah, I think that you look at the consensus rankings out there, and most people either have Lamar one or Mahomes two, and it's pretty close in every single set of rankings I've looked at so far this offseason. And a lot of people talk about the fact that Lamar Jackson's passing numbers, they have to regress to uh, somewhat normalcy, right? Because he threw for 36 touchdowns and only six interceptions. That's crazy to, to look at, to look at those numbers. But okay, even if he regresses a little more towards the mean in a negative way, his rushing touchdowns could increase because he, he only, quote unquote, only had seven rushing touchdowns last year. That was two less than Josh Allen and the same as Deshaun Watson. So Lamar Jackson gets a couple more rushing touchdowns in his stat column this year, and that could more than make up for the regression regression that could be coming in the passing game. So I think if anything, those two things could wash out, and Lamar Jackson still could have a clear edge over the rest of the field, including Patrick Mahomes, just because his rushing upside is that high. And I, I don't think there's any worry about Lamar Jackson getting hurt or banged up, missing games. I mean, more than 45% of his of his tackles uh, last year in the running game were non-contact. And I, I think this is a guy that he's very smart. He knows when to get out of bounds. He knows when to slide. He's just that dynamic. You have to respect the run game so much to where he's going to have those wide open guys down the middle of the field uh, in the passing game too. So I, I still have Lamar as my QB1. I still have him ahead of Mahomes because of those things. Uh, and I think he's worth taking in the second round if the value comes to you at a certain spot. I you can have a clear edge over the rest of your league mates uh, by having Lamar as your quarterback again in, t- in 2020. Solid roundtable talk there about the Ravens. Let's jump over to the Cleveland Browns. That'll be my team. I am a little high on the Browns this year. Their season win total, eight and a half. I think that the Browns could potentially win 11 games this season. And I, I understand the eight and a half number. It seems to be a number that, that makes sense to I think the sports books, a lot of a lot of the betters, you know, last year they they rode Cleveland, and you know, actually like the last two years, you know, they've been riding Cleveland, betting them week in and week out, betting their season win total over, and the Browns have disappointed. And I think it was a little bit of a disappointing last year from Baker Mayfield. I think a big upgrade for that Browns team is the fact that you know they bring in a head coach who I think is going to you know instill some culture. And I think we saw that when you know Najoku decided to go ahead and stay. Kareem Hunt, I, 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 I'm guessing, you know, he probably had a couple options when he was allowed back in the league. But the fact that he's there, you know, they have a lot of playmakers. They have Odell Beckham. They have Landry. They just brought a guy in Hooper. They held on to Najoku in your backfield. You're going to have Kareem Hunt. You're going to have Nick Chubb. You got Baker Mayfield anchoring, you know, all those playmakers there. And then you have an offensive line who, you know, should be far better than than what they were you know, a year ago. And I think that Brown's defense is, you know, I would say probably around average. I think that the offense understands that, you know, they can't depend on the defense to go ahead and carry them through the season. It kind of has to be, you know, the opposite way around. Now they do lose one of their key guys on that defense is going to be Delpit. He's going to be out for this season. When I looked at the schedule, as I mentioned, I I saw 11 wins there and I could see five losses. You know, they're going to be in Baltimore week one. That's not going to be a picnic. I have them losing that game. I have them losing at Dallas. I have them losing at Pittsburgh. I also have them losing at home in the final week against Pittsburgh. And I asked, and I gave them um, a loss against Baltimore. So I, I decided to go ahead and, and go ahead and give a, a sweep against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, which that probably isn't going to happen. Those are usually generally tough games. Usually teams, you know, they end up splitting. 
unless they're just that far apart. And I don't think that Pittsburgh and Baltimore are that far apart from Cleveland where they'll end up sweeping them. But I gave them a sweep here on paper, and I, I just simply I can't find you know more than eight losses. I think it's, it's just too damn hard for me to do that. Um, they have the Bengals. They have the Washington football team. They have Indy, the Bengals again, the Raiders, Houston, Jacksonville at Tennessee, which I think they can certainly win that game at the Giants and at the Jets. So um, there, there's a lot of teams on that list there, that, you know, that they didn't make the playoffs. And I think that, you know, if there's ever a pressure time for this Browns team to really step up and do something, it's going to be this season. Um, that team's been together a little for a little bit of time now, at least enough time, I think, where they can go ahead and have some continuity. They should probably have their timing down. Um, you know, the, I just don't see a whole lot of stress. I think there was stress last year. And I don't think there will be a, a whole lot this year for those guys to perform. I think they could probably go out there, do their job and take a look around the locker room and say, you know what? We got a pretty damn good football team. So I'll go ahead. I'll play the Browns over the eight and a half. Now, Dan, Chris and I, we had a little bit of a discussion on Baker Mayfield. He wasn't as high as I was on Baker. I'm going to let you go ahead and decide which side you're going to end up falling on here if you're in favor of Baker or if you're not, or maybe you're still on the fence, and then maybe we'll throw it to the hitman for a tiebreaker. But how are you feeling about Baker going into this season? The Browns played the third easiest schedule this year. Toughest games are at home to the Eagles and Colts. They go to Dallas this year, but that secondary is atrocious, and that defense just isn't very good. I actually like Mayfield for a bounce back this year, especially with upgrades at both tackle spots and head coach. We saw a clown show last year with Freddie Kitchens. And Odell Beckham Jr. seems pretty committed to bouncing back and doing well in Cleveland. He's talking about Instagram over the summer. My biggest concern for Mayfield this year in terms of raw numbers is this new head coach is very running oriented. Think of the Minnesota Vikings with Dalvin Cook. They want to run the ball, do some bootleg with Kirk Cousins, and then throw it on third and eight. So for the raw passing numbers and passing touchdowns, I don't know how good he's going to be. But I do expect Mayfield for a bounce back this year. All right. Well, I guess we don't need to go to the hitman for the tiebreaker. I guess you can say that there's a, at least two in favor of Baker Mayfield and, and Chris is, is is not. And if the hitman wants to go ahead and make it a rubber match, well, we'll just go ahead and skip that. But with that said, guys, that's our podcast. That's our AFC North pod. We went through all the teams, the Browns, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals. I'm Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. You guys can get Jay Smoove at Smoove underscore 702. Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Essler. You can get the Hitman at Pregame Hitman. Chris at Mad Journalist. That's M-A-D-D. Journalist. You can get Dan Rivera at Dan Rivera 228. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me.